Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 263, episode 3 of Der Daily Zeitgeist! Yeah! It's a production of iHeartRadio, and it's a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Uh, it's also Wednesday, November 16th, 2022, mm -hmm. which of course means Miles. It's November 16th. Yeah, National Fast Food Day, National Button Day, National wow. Indiana Day, National Check Your Wipers Day, National Education Support Professionals Day. You know what I mean? Check your wipers, though, for real, man. I've... Those rains we had recently, yeah. it hadn't rained so long. I, like, the rubber had been destroyed in the summer heat. Like, it just been cracked and blown off the wiper blade. So when I ran it, like, the the rubber just went floppy. And it was just, like, smearing water all over my windshield. Yeah. That down, that down yeah, it becomes probably. like a, a dried-out earthworm, like, yeah, after, exactly. after a while in Los Angeles. When I first, as an East Coast transplant, when I first came out here, I was like, man, people out here do not how to know how to respond to rain. Like, the, nope. they drive so slow in the rain. Or and faster. Yeah, or faster. But <laughs> but then it, it's necessary. It's warranted because so many things that work about, you know, overcoming the rain when you're driving or like it, there's just a fine film of dust on the ground at all times. And so the roads like turn into this like slimy mess. And yeah, our windshield wipers like get wet once and then don't get wet for another six months. And then they're just, yeah, little... Yeah dried out carcasses of yeah. windshield wipers. So check your wipers. Check your check damn your wipers. wipers. Don't be caught Folks. out here smearing Folks, on your windshield. check your wipers. Exactly. 
My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Potatoes O'Brien. And I wanted to bring that one up because a listener recently discovered the dish Potatoes O'Brien in the frozen food section of their grocery market. Oh, just now? Snapped a photo and asked the question that I think everyone's curious about. Sam O'Snow tweeted, Okay, bud, longtime <laughs> listener, probably first-time tweeter. I need to know if this was the thing before your AKA. First of all, thank you for calling me bud. Yeah, yeah. For being a listener. I, I want to believe in the version of reality where the people of Orida are such big fans of this show and, like, <laughs> such big believers in the, like, broad cross-sectional appeal of the daily zeitgeist that they named a a dish after yeah. after one of my AKs. So that's what we're going with. That is you the, can tell your kids write that. it on write it on Wikipedia, folks. That's mm-hmm. that's the deal. They named it after me hundreds of years ago somehow. And I'm thrilled to oh. be joined as always by my co-host Mr. Miles Gray! Mr. Miles Gray and Jack O'Brien. Shout out to this dueling, a.k.a. from Johnny Davis. It's Miles Gregg and Jocko Bryant, uh, <laughs> because these are parents getting actors' names wrong. Five <laughs> AKs. <laughs> oh, Miles Gregg and Jocko Bryant? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Bryant. He sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Johnny, on the Discord oh, for that one. I love that. That's a great... Jocko Bryant. Jocko Jocko Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> I that's probably how my dad would get my name wrong if he wasn't my dad. Your own? Oh, like yeah. even though it is his own <laughs> last name, he's like, there's that Jocko Bryant. Jocko guy. Bryant kid. Yeah. Anyways, Miles, we are yeah. thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a very funny comedian, writer, and actor you know from such places as TV, doing mm-hmm. stand-up or acting mm-hmm. in Heathers and Corporate, mm-hmm. one of the funniest mm-hmm. comedies of the past decade, which yeah. she also wrote for. Please welcome back to the show, Paige Weldon! Paige! Oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you, Paige, for being Got here. Cracking up, I'm just thinking of all the actors' names that my mom has gotten wrong over the years. Oh, hit mm. us with some. Um, what do you got? I'll never forget, she would not stop saying, this is during, you know, the, the height of popularity of that 70s show, she would say, Aston Kutcher. <laughs> Aston Kutcher. Aston Kutcher. <laughs> better name. I, I mean, yeah, the better that, name. The the layers of of we've got ass, we've got cooch. I mean, yeah. we're we're having so much fun there. And then yeah. there was a period, also I assume, sort of in the same period of time, she would always say Kelly Clarkston. Clarkston, wh- which is Clarkston. not a huge miss. Uh, it's not yeah. as bad as Aston Kutcher, but you know. Those are better, I think, when you're own when you add a letter. Like yeah. Yeah, it's like the height of misunderstanding a name more than wholesale like Ashton Kutcher. I'm like, tell me more about this Clarkston. Yeah, who is she? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shelly Clarkston. I'm, sh- I'm sure there are more. Maybe they'll come to me and I'll shout them out throughout the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. The Shout addition out to my of a mom. T is underrated. Try adding T's to people's names. Right, yes. right. Jack yeah, does the very standard Brad Pitts, which <laughs> adding or yeah. taking away an ass is always fun sounds mm-hmm. like a business he, but that brad pitt owns right right yeah, right, right. exactly <laughs> belonging to brad pitt. Be- yes exactly <laughs> how are you doing Paige? Where, where are you coming to us from i'm here at home you know i'm um this is in the wake of the delay of the taylor swift pre-sale this yeah. morning yeah so i'm actually feeling quite relaxed because i thought i had to worry about it all morning and now i'll worry about it at 3 p.m yeah, nice. you've delayed your slow death by a few hours. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wait, are they going to just evaporate like instantly? I mean, like I know obviously people go I'm like on Twitter. I'm seeing people who like I follow who live in Japan who are like, yo, one's just fucking like I'm ready to get these tickets. Is it wow. like how how swiftly do you have to act when the tickets drop in order to obtain your seat? Like, is it like is it truly like in that moment or and then you have to go to the secondary market or there's there's time. It's just that the good seats go immediately. It's really hard to tell because, like, I have personally never been the one, like, making the purchase whenever I've, like, I I went to the Reputation Tour with Ellie McIlvain, I'm sure, former guest of the Daily Mm -hmm. Zeitgeist and obviously host of What's Your Favorite Taylor Swift Song, Mm -hmm. and she bought those tickets. Then, like, me and my friend Katie had tickets to the tour for Lover, which was, of course, canceled because it was supposed to be summer 2020, and she had bought the tickets then, and then throughout like since then taylor swift has just gotten more popular and put out three albums plus her re-records so like the demand is higher right yeah i get it and yeah so i'm but i'm feeling very peaceful knowing that it's not happening right now nobody has nobody has (laughs) bought a ticket right nobody Nobody does it you're not losing out yeah well may the may the gods be with you thank you so much on your journey may fortune favor you well, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're going to just, you know, look at some mainstream reads on what happened in the midterm election from the New York Times. We're going to talk about the GOP continuing to struggle with their identity as a Trump or not a Trump party. Right. Are we still emo or not? <laughs> and then we're going to look at the climate summit that's happening the it is ending this week and just a a little kind of behind behind closed doors there's the sort of big controversial things about the food and the sponsors and then there's some things that are happening behind closed doors that feel like they should be more controversial yeah that, (laughs) that we will talk about all of that plenty more but first page we like to ask our guest what is something from your search history Okay, well, I was going to say best seats SoFi Stadium, but I feel like that's just more of us talking about the same. (laughs) (laughs) But I also had recently Googled Irish girls' names, Uh and that was because I was panicking at a show where I knew they were filming the sets, and I've been doing a joke where I say a real person's name. And Mm. I thought, maybe I should come up with a different name, but it's just such a funny name to me. And I was in the back trying to come up with a fake name. And the problem with that stuff is it's the real example is always funnier. Right. <laughs> it's just like not possible. Like I, I'm, I wish I could, sh- I'll share offline with you guys the name that I, that is the true name <laughs> okay. of this real person. But yeah. I was like in the back being like, well, I can't say Sersha. Everyone knows that name as Sersha Ronan. Like, right. I mean, and these Siobhan, other ones are just, you know, what? Siobhan. Siobhan, I feel like that's, you know, Shiv on Succession. We're hearing that, you know. Sinead. What is it? Sinead. Sinead. But that is another iconic one, right? It's kind of a cool name. Sinead is red. Sinead is dope. Yeah. This is more of like a, the joke I do is, I call her a white girl named after a pony. And I feel like, (laughs) I feel like Sinead is not a pony name, you know? (laughs) Sinead is definitely, yeah. Sinead is running that, that fucking, that whole operation for sure. I feel like you can't go wrong with a Mary to start it off. Like Mary Mm -hmm. Sheila 
And oh then, yeah, like, maybe a two-parter name like yeah. uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Mary Sheila O'Callahan. Yeah, or, maybe I could know? make up a whole O'Callahan's Jack. fake name O'Callahan's. with an Irish last name. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's fun. Yeah, it's just funny how it's true. Like truth in comedy is always like the thing you like one of the first things you really learn when you're getting into comedy. And yeah, like to your point. Even if you tried to engineer it, the fact like, you know, it's just funnier because it's coming from the absolute like well of truth. And that probably translates immediately to the audience, even though they're like, was that the person's real name? You think just like, no, yeah, just the delivery and everything that comes together. Beautiful. How did it go? What would you come up with? And did, did it hit as hard with the fake name in there? I just said her real name. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> there we I was go. like, you know what? And it's like a thing where I don't think that it's they're going to put that part out online. It'll be fine. Right. And you know what? If that girl finds out, I, yeah. I'd honestly be shocked. But I just, I think sometimes when in comedy, when it's like, there's something about a show that's not being filmed where you go like, I mean, I'm technically speaking into a microphone to an audience this sure. is not private but right. it feels different when you're filming it. and right, like right, right. posting something online and all that feels like a different level yeah. i don't know but yeah the real the real example is always the funniest mm, yeah <laughs> it just stick is with stick with it yeah what's something you think is overrated Okay, I always struggle with this when I come on here because I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, you know? I yeah, sure, sure. I I was but thinking about it, though, and this is sort of like a meta, maybe annoying response, but I do think actually like rating things and rankings is kind of overrated because for that exact reason, which it's so, uh, it's so subjective, you know? Like, I think it's fun to rank things if like the three of us were like, okay, what's your top five favorite movies? And then we could talk about it. Right, right, so right. often it's like an article that's like the best movies of all time, objectively. Right. And it's like, no. Nah. Yeah. If you don't <laughs> agree, fuck you. You're dumb. Yeah. Like, I'm stupid if I have a different thing I like. <laughs> well, it's funny because that's I think the thing that's like overrated, too, is people's perception of those yeah. articles. Right. Like to treat them like just because someone uploaded it to a content management system for a website doesn't mean that it's the word of God. (laughs) Yeah. Like that was someone who made an article. Then for you as the person, you don't have to go, I don't agree. Why are they fucking with me? It's okay. That's don't worry about there. Just 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 have your truth and just look. Oh, that's 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 that person's. Don't worry about it because half the time, I mean, it's funny, though. Jack and I do get incensed, though, when we see like these like like rankings of like top albums. This is stupid. Were they not around in 97? So, yeah, it's it's hard. (laughs) That's the thing is like that's why they're such a popular thing is because they get people mad. Right. And that's like the thing that gets people to read these articles is people being like, what the fuck? Like, this is this is who is this person? And and it's like, yeah, who is this person? They're just an employee (laughs) of this magazine or whatever <laughs> right right yeah i think we need more listicles where we just have the people themselves be like all right steven spielberg give us your own top 10 films of your movies that you yeah make. then yeah. you have something to really talk about there you can be like from their perspective this is how they rank their work that i think could lead to some interesting conversation but like if it's just random person with following saying this is the anointed list yeah it gets a little Whatever. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, I was actually, I went to, a, speaking of concerts, I went to uh, Maisie Peters last night at the Wiltern. I don't know. She's a young pop artist. I really like her. And she, I remember she introduced one of her songs as saying, this is my favorite song from the album. And I was like, oh my gosh, you That's never know. Great. 
I love yeah. when that happens. Yeah. When they like, tell you, and it's like not the song you would have picked, and then yeah. you get a second appreciation for it. Yeah that's, yeah. that's fun. I like when, like, yeah, a director comes out and is like, these are my five favorite movies, and they're not like the movies you would expect of them. And, yeah. you know, you discover a new gem. I am definitely guilty of Googling on multiple occasions, like, what are the best movies on Netflix this this month? Sure. And yeah. it's, always, it's like, have you ever heard of Monty Python and the Holy Grail? <laughs> it's like, no shit. The Irishman is like still ranking. It's very Jurassic good. Park. What? <laughs> yeah, but then you can like go through and just cherry pick like the weird ones that you haven't heard of or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I guess the thing that you can do if you want to like look at reviews and stuff as a way of figuring out what you want to consume is like if you have a reviewer or somebody that you typically agree with it is kind of the only way to really get yeah at that but yeah yeah i wish there was more emphasis on this is my opinion and you know because so much of why i like certain movies or music or whatever is because of a personal connection i have with it not because i go objectively that is the best like i watched that i watched the Lindsay lohan christmas movie on netflix did you enjoy it falling falling in christmas or falling christmas uh yeah it was cool I mean, like, I wasn't mad. I'm not going. I never go into a Christmas movie being like, this is going to be fucked a seminal work. I'm like, oh, yeah, got physical comedy. Lindsay Lohan's having fun. All right. Yeah. No notes. Totally. I think that reminds me. Actually, I just remembered. I think that last time I was on here, I was saying that the underrated thing was Marry Me. The, the J-Lo movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's and I, right. And yeah. I think, and I had just seen it too. I was like, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Although it's so much about like the... going in with a certain, like, certain expectation or recognizing like kind of the yeah. category you know absolutely absolutely yeah have you guys heard of apocalypse now that's no. on the top 10 list for netflix <laughs> in november <laughs> the guy the guy who is morpheus in the matrix is in that yeah <laughs> what is something you think is underrated besides marry me of course okay i was thinking about this i feel like there are a lot of bands that like were popular a long time ago-ish and they were like kind of viewed as lame or whatever and now they seem to be coming back around and I think a top example of that is Red Hot Chili Peppers. I feel like for years people were like Red Hot Chili Peppers are stupid and lame. Meanwhile, I'm back here being like I absolutely could sing the entirety of Californication and I'm supposed to be shamed for that. And there's a part of me that feels like as I'm seeing like when they were like performing at the VMAs and stuff I was like I'm glad they're I'm glad they're doing well. Anthony Kiedis's hair looks ridiculous. Obviously, there's things that we can poke fun at the Red Hot Chili Peppers for, but at the end of the day, I think they're they've they've been underrated for years. Mm. Yeah, hell yeah. And I mean, spies from China do try to steal our minds. Elation. They were just ahead of the time their time (laughs) in pointing that out with TikTok. You know? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. It's so true. I mean, I feel like the same thing is happening with like Sublime. Everyone's wearing like, Sublime t-shirts or like for sale at Urban Outfitters and stuff. And it's like, it's again, it's about perspective. It's like, I don't think that the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Sublime are like the best bands of all time. But I'm like, I do. If I'm, if I'm driving down the freeway, <laughs> like driving into San Diego, I would love to hear what's going on with Sublime, you know? Yeah. <laughs> RHCPK, man. That was a, that was <laughs> a good run we had on this thing for a while, yeah. Where people were hitting us with red hot chili peppers, <laughs> California Pizza Kitchen collab AKs. 
Ooh. I think, yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers just has this, I don't know, they have this thing. I think it's because it, Kiedis can't sing. That, sure. But he Sublime can. and Kiedis both have that, yeah. where I mean, everybody Bradley can was, sing their songs because they showed you how somebody who can't sing sings yeah. those songs. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I, that's great. I'm not a, I can't sing, and I like to sing in my car. Yeah. Right. And same with like even and Cobain. I mean, not I'm, I, I think Nirvana is better than those bands. But like there's there's also there's right. an appeal of the lead singer who can't sing that I think instantly makes like it doesn't intimidate you to sing it. Although that never stops anyone from singing their favorite song. But like when someone's like, can't stop addicted to the shindig. You're like, come on. Right, that's just I could, fun. I could do that. I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I had that in my mind as can't stop addicted to the bing bong. <laughs> Which is incorrect, but <laughs> I had actually literally written that out as like one of my favorite. To the bing bong. <laughs> like the character from Inside Out. Yeah, I think that's where it came from. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'd like to see that collab. I'd like to see a Red Hot Chili Peppers soundtrack on the next Pixar film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> RHCPK. Can't yeah, stop man. addicted to the breadsticks. Do they Ooh, even have breadsticks? Really? I don't think so. At CPK? Yeah. I'm sure they do. Yeah. I mean, uh, their yeah. their food is basically breadsticks. That's all. Whoa, can't whoa, stop man. addicted to the spin dip. Because <laughs> the spin <laughs> dip. That's right. Yeah. That's Damn, you can really put a lot there. Like, there's yeah. a lot of fun to be had there. I mean, oh, yeah. we've been pitching. We've been pitching mm. the corporate sponsors, but they're, chop they're not salad. Here. This barbecue goes big. You know what I mean? There's, 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 you got you could do it all. Just <laughs> not a life of just imitation. Welcome to CPK. You got a reservation. Okay, there's see, there's all you could do the whole thing. Anyway, uh Zeit Gang, get on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, yeah. Your orders. It's been Please. long enough. We've let it rest been long for enough. Long yeah. Enough. Paige just oh you look, you now the toothpaste has come out the tube. It's time. Yeah. Embrace it. <laughs> R-H-C-B-K yeah. must return. We've let it rest like a pizza dough getting ready for to to be baked. And now it's risen. It's risen back. It's ready. It's ready. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay. mm-hmm. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And we're back. And, you know, I, th- I think we were all eagerly awaiting what the mainstream media's read on the election results were going to be. You know, th- there's an article that the headlines are coming out. The New York Times. Is it that this headline. was the greatest uh, midterm, this greatest election for leftist and progressive policies? In no, no, memory? not those headlines, Miles. Oh, because that was there. Oh, I saw that. That seemed to be something I saw. <laughs> Wait, what did they say? Where did you see that in the New York Times? No, uh, Jacobin. Not. Oh, right. So in the New York Times, they had the headline, how the 2022 midterms became a squeaker, which is a fun word. But with that, you, you, you expect some analysis of what was actually happening here. And instead, it's like a lot of reporting from insiders who misread the election. Mm-hmm. That there's like a, it opens with the guy Maloney, who's like the DCCC guy who was like in charge of a bunch of the strategy and then lost his own election in a massive upset and was like totally outside of this wave that they're trying to explain. It opens with a scene where he's like arguing about how they should approach it. And he writes, believe on the board, uh, like a Ted Lasso quote. And, but then they're like, and then he lost. So nobody really knows what's going on here. They, they actually like lay the breadcrumbs. And then it's like they just they walk right up to it and then they won't say what actually happened. So one big thing they say, Democrats actually won voters who, quote, somewhat disapproved of Mr. Biden, according to initial exit polling, by a margin of 49 percent to 45 percent. That is a far cry from the 2010 and 2018 midterms when voters who somewhat disapproved of Barack Obama and Mr. Trump overwhelmingly backed the opposing party by margins of 40 points and 30 points. So instead of losing by 40 and 30 points, they won by four points. That's like a 
it's a huge swing. And yeah. so it would seem like this would lead to a pretty clear message that like Democrats want more progressive policy than the party is willing to give them. But you know, they're I don't know. It just better. sounds like they don't like the Republicans. That's what I'm that's the most I can read into that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to do any ideating here. Yeah. They do mention Dobbs up top, which is a big part of the answer, but they don't mention that the Democrats have been unable and unwilling to codify reproductive rights, which is a way in which the desires of the voters are more progressive than the policy and the party. Like just over and over again. Right. You're hit with this fact that they instead of stating that fact or, you know, diving into it and, you know, showing the statistics that back it up. Instead of that, they just keep going back to like, well, they doubled down on this messaging strategy and then this messaging strategy worked and this one didn't. And it's all triangulation and, you know, yeah. insider. It's like an article written by and for political strategists instead of like trying to make sense of what actually happened. And those of in us on Earth, the election. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. they also. So another headline that had me hoping that maybe we were going to get like the New York Times is going to report on kind of the very straightforward message that we saw in this, these midterms. Democrats see a blueprint in Fetterman's victory in Pennsylvania. So it's like, how are they going to fuck this up? Right. Like how did <laughs> wait? Yeah. So more progressive stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like run, run they, left of the party a little bit. The big question, the big mystery at the middle of this one, how did Fetterman outperform Biden all over the place, specifically in like white working class counties? And how it feels like a pretty straightforward explanation. You know, those places went populist for Trump because he acknowledges the system is bad and the status quo treats them badly. Fetterman was different from Biden and that he seemed like he wasn't beholden to the status quo and policies and talking points. You'd think they'd like dig into some of the progressive policies he focused on, some of his like class based talking points. And instead, like the all they talk about is his Carhartt jacket, his open neck shirt, his tattoos. Like, this is how they introduce him. But Mr. Fetterman, with his tattoos and Carhartt wardrobe and priorities like marijuana legalization, appears to have regained ground with white working class. Then, like, right after. Mr. Fetterman, Pennsylvania's lieutenant governor, who posed for his official portrait in an open-collar gray work shirt, won a larger share of voters than Mr. Biden did in almost every county. But it's like that's the that's all they focus on. They're just and then and then they like get quotes from Republicans who dismiss him because he's weird looking. And that's it's it's all optics. I'm still mystified how he could do so well because he didn't release any of his medical records. He didn't do good in the debate. He embraced Biden. He's an odd looking guy in shorts and a hoodie. I thought this was going to be easy. Mr. Gleason said of Fetterman. Mr. Gleason is a Republican like strategist. And then there are like two mentions of policies and campaign platform that seem to focus on the working class. And they just bring them up in like a sentence fragment and then move on. And it just right. goes back to like, we, we don't know how this guy did it. I think it's his bald head. Yeah. Like that really <laughs> seems to be. I, well, what like, are his tattoos? I'm like looking at I Googled looking at like a breakdown of his tattoos. I guess he has one that says, I will make you hurt like from the song. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. and, 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 the, and like, yeah, Fox was like, what does that mean? Yeah, I saw there's a headline like, that says satanic <laughs> Democrat John Fetterman has tattoo. I will make you hurt. 
on his right arm that he now hides taken from song on suicide <laughs> right <laughs> it's like okay that just sounds like yeah. an explanation but it's phrased as sounds yeah sounds like he like he was really fucking with trent reznor for a little bit yeah it's like I I just that. like oh okay but like yeah you look at it's so funny that they're like what could it be is it his clothes yeah. Because they don't want to investigate deeper than shit you can dress up some other goon in. It it can't be that he is like, yeah, universal health care support. Like this is these are the on his issues page guaranteeing health care, supporting workers, plus the union way of life, promoting uh, like building a clean energy future, fighting inflation and lowering costs, uh, delivering criminal justice reform, just like these protecting women's reproductive freedoms. He's telling you right there. These are a lot of the things that, guess what, appeal to even the rural in these rural areas. He should get them because, tattooed on his face, just like yeah. a list of <laughs> yeah, his policies. That Watch, that's what Patrick Maloney's going to do in his next his next race. He's going to be like, look, I got these tattoos. Look, universal health care dripping out my eye like I murked the guy in prison. See, I'm, I'm with it. They don't mention universal health care once in the whole article. Yeah. They don't want to wow. fucking reckon with the with the actual policies. And again, they they this whole like class of people, the consultants, the 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 journalists, they're so embedded and like invested in the old way of doing things in politics that they they're constantly befuddled. They're like these fifty year old tools don't seem to be working anymore. Is it his <laughs> Carhartt jacket? No, it's fucking inequality. It's the fact that people are like, holy shit, there are existential threats out there that if I don't fucking actually like begin to pay attention to who's like in positions of power, shit might just go by the wayside suddenly. That's maybe has something to do with it. Not because he's got this like, like obviously his appeal with the way he dresses is that he is a little more grounded than every other plastic right. doll man you send out or a person to be like and i am the democrat who is not the republican <laughs> exactly <laughs> the other the other strategy there, there's one part where i was like oh okay they're about to say the thing an alternative explanation <laughs> for why mr fetterman did so much better than mr biden in red counties besides winning some former trump supporters is that a different spectrum of voters turned out and it just gets into like his ground game in those counties. And then they close it out. Right. They do a bunch of interviewing of like their, you know, they love an interview with a blue collar, white working class voter to tell them like what they're missing. And right. so so they close the article with a quote from someone who didn't vote in the election <laughs> talking about oh. his clothes. Basically, <laughs> they're like. Mr. Assel voted twice for Mr. Trump and said that his presidency should have been more successful. Like some other blue-collar Trump supporters, Mr. Astle said Mr. Fetterman seemed inauthentic to him in his shorts and hoodie get-ups, given that Mr. Fetterman's affluent family supported him through his 40s when he drew a token salary as the mayor of Braddock, Pennsylvania. And then Carhartt was originally designed for blue-collar people, Mr. Astle said about Astle, sorry, said about <laughs> Mr. Fetterman's famous workwear wardrobe. But now Carhartt is one of those brands all the yuppies wear. That's the last line of the article. That's where they leave it. Is <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, listen, fake not ass, that that's fake not ass a thing, but I don't know yeah. if it's the topic right. at hand. <laughs> right. And it's just I mean, yeah. so surface level and mechanics level. Like, what would... They can't possibly think that, like, political strategists talking about, like, not understanding the results is a better, more coherent narrative to put out. 
it's it's just yeah i don't know it's pretty shocking <laughs> like even they, though well, it's kind of what we expect like it's, they're trying to put up a firewall so the discussion isn't we just need more we just need to lean into these policies more right you know what i yeah, mean yeah. like if 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 they can prevent that from being the discourse that is generated off the backs of their articles then they've done something good because everyone who reads it when they all get together like did you read oh wow like the midterms is great yeah i think it's the look of fetterman that i think is really helping we just need more people that look like that it looks like that's really connecting right like, no you fucking ghouls people God. are fucking suffering address that and someone will be like hey what you're actually pr you're giving me a vision of something i can invest in emotionally wow right. that sounds like a good proposition yeah i i, I do kind of hope joe biden gets like gets sleeved sleeves <laughs> like just because oh he takes God. the wrong message from this and starts can wearing you, like a jean can, jacket can with you, the can you get tattoos yeah. if your skin is like Paper. That I, was gonna loose. Say, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say does someone have to like yeah. draw like stretch it out to make it taut enough to have the image but then once it returns to its normal state well, all yeah. i have to say is joe biden just go like just just rock like a fun wig you don't have to get tattoos Ooh, i think I like people that. will fuck with you like if you had like gen z broccoli hair uh -huh, yeah uh -huh. i think a you mullet know? would work well for him like it feel it already oh. feels like he should have a mullet you know, like that fake picture from like the I think it was like when Clinton was inaugurated or whatever, where it looks yeah. like Joe's got the wild mullet, but it was someone yeah. behind him's hair. Yeah. yeah. OK. Maybe like, like a yeah. septum piercing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine they're so far fucking behind from being in touch? It's like the most in touch person they have is like a Gen X guy who's like. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he could rock like some flannel and like a Nirvana tee, uh, a, a docks, maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. At least at least they're trying something. Do they? I, like, I'm I'm really in, interested. If, if anybody has like come across an article where a New York Times or like an interview where a New York Times journalist is like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, like we just know we can't say that. Like, where? where like what I'm curious about the process even of like how you just, write an it's article self -selecting. like this. It's self-selecting. Right. You know, you, right. the people that last all think the same way. So, you know, very quickly they're like, yeah, this is how we talk about shit over here. And I'm sure yeah. within there, they're like, oh, okay. Like we're not going to go all far left on people when they're talking about stuff. Like maybe it was the like <laughs> real issues that regular people are like experiencing that was maybe in the secret sauce of like talking right. speaking to their lived experiences and saying hey i understand groceries cost way too fucking much and guess what it's not because of this or that these fucking companies they're charging whatever the fuck they want and they're getting away with it why because the fucking government doesn't do shit to actually intervene so that's something I see as something we can do going forward it's that kind of shit not yeah. hey man y'all like you fuck with this carhartt all right, John Fetterman. Thank you so much, poor people. Yeah. All right. On the other side of the ticket, Trump. Wait, we're recording this before, you know, when Trump is expected to announce. But it's he most likely announced already, right, that he's running at 2024. I mean, every if, if the reporting is accurate, if as you have as you're hearing this, this dude just pulled up and said, I'm announcing, baby, I'm yeah. ready for 2024. And. Probably Jared and Ivanka won't be there because that was the last thing I read was they want nothing to do with the announcement because they're probably doing a little rehab on their brand, too. Yeah. They're trying to get yeah. to those sick Florida parties. Yeah. I mean, it could be into. this could be good or bad. I don't know. It's just I we uh, we never want to have to deal with Donald Trump again. 
but I don't know. Ron DeSantis just freaks me out also because he's like, like he's like the kid brother to Donald Trump and like where Trump's his like older brother who had like that one good season of high school football and then just completely burnt out on his own ego. And he's like, all right, so I'm not going to do that, but I can learn from his terrible mistakes. And he's like, DeSantis just seems like the Raptors from the newer Jurassic Park films where Trump is like the Raptor from the first one, like dangerous in the first one. But now this motherfucker is like, like communicating with the other Raptors and like collaborating and just doing problem solving. That's how I friends see with Chris Pratt. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pretty soon we will see them together, I'm sure. But I just want to talk about some of the top headlines that were going into Tuesday's announcement. Because everything has been like this full court press to be like, he sucks, right? Is he going to be ousted? I don't know. Let's check in with all the other people in MAGA world. Starting with Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State. He said he's he ain't scared. Quote, I think he's asking like, you know, you know, this guy might announce, you know, obviously you have your own aspirations. He said, quote, we're trying to think our way. We're trying to think our way through figuring out what's next for us. Uh, but what happens today or tomorrow, what some other person decides won't have any impact on that decision. We mm. need more seriousness. We meet, we need less noise. We need steady hands. We need leaders that are looking forward, not staring in the rear view mirror claiming victimhood. So that's him with his lightly spicy take. Uh, yeah, he's like preparing himself to run against Trump, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll we'll see, because once he just starts being like, yeah, well, your wife is ugly, then like <laughs> yeah. suddenly they're like, oh, well, that does I'm seem North to be the other like comprehensive take that has been taken away by the mainstream media is that Trump is poison and he's the reason they lost. But <laughs> so so I'm sure all the political analysts and strategists and consultants around all of these candidates are telling them like, yeah, it's a wide open field. Like, get in there and yeah, start pay criticizing me. Trump. Pay me. I mean, you you get a field day getting one of these candidates ears. Uh, the Wall Street Journal has basically said uh, the GOP in the country would be best served if Mr. Trump ceded the field to the next generation of Republican leaders to compete for the nomination in 2024. OK, so the Wall Street Journal is not there. Lindsey Graham. Hey, are you down, my man? He said, let's see what he says. This is a quote from Lindsey Graham when they asked about, like, will you support him? This is Lindsey Graham's answer. Quote, let's see what he says. I'll tell you after Georgia. Okay. So he's given two. Uh, deadlines <laughs> we'll see what he says and also let's see what happens after Georgia and then Ron DeSantis himself they're saying again he was doing a press conference they're like hey what about all this noise looks like Trump you know saying some stuff about you what do you think about everything that's going on around your campaign or potential campaign and then this is how he responded and really what matters is, are you leading? Are you getting in front of issues? Uh, are you delivering results for people? And are you standing up for folks? And if you do that, then none of that stuff matters. And, and that's what we've done. We focused on results and leadership. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I would just uh, tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what Ooh. he said. Oh, you th oh, you think he's got something? Got some juice? Scoreboard, motherfucker. I won by 20. All his tw all his picks got blown out. Any other questions? Subtle, subtle. subtle. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I do feel like Trump is built like the announcing early, like he he loves to be in conflict. And so I, I feel like his brand is crisis and conflict and being in fights and shit slinging. And so he's probably making a strategically smart move by like 
starting early, getting all these people like talking spicy, and then he can he can create the conflict that he's yeah. Sort of I think on. he's pr- he's in a better position to be like king of the hill type thing and shoving people back down who are trying to get to his perch versus trying to get to someone else's perch right you know what i mean like if if the if the roles are inverted and it's like desantis's party now and trump's trying to claw back i don't know how what this i don't know what his odds are there but because he's still firmly at the top i just i'm just not confident in the combined power of like rupert murdoch's media and the establishment can get trump to vanish it just because he again he still has fans so unless you can get the fans to like abandon. That's it's gonna be a fucking. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a big fight, big old fight. Yeah, he's yeah. he's great at getting people to vote both for him and against him. So like it, in a in a Republican primary, I feel like the main thing that comes out is getting people to vote for him because the people he's good at getting to vote against him don't for, don't vote in mass in the Republican primary. At least they haven't yeah. traditionally. So. It's just funny, too, because on the right, they're also like, you know, you have the New York Times be like, here's our op-ed where we're like, take us to your poor people world and like try (laughs) and tell you what the real problems are. But like and they they clearly don't understand what's going on with, you know, most of like like working America. And it's just funny, like on the right, they're doing this thing where like they know they are white supremacists like creature goblins that like everything they stand for is like repugnant to a self-respecting human being but they were even like i don't even understand what the heck happened i do i just have to play this clip from janine pirro uh judge janine pirro because she's so animated trying to figure out like what is going on it's like y'all don't act stupid you know what happened she she posits that this abortion thing came out of nowhere on us. <laughs> the thing you're that like, your party has been like, you're like, I'm single mindedly focused yeah. on getting passed hey, for the past 50 years. Be, listen to this. Speaking of no personal responsibility, this is her just trying to fucking figure it out. I'm like in the middle of her rant because she's already like, I don't understand. Joe Biden, Afghanistan, woke Bryce gas prices shouldn't have won. But here she is where she's starting to get into this whole abortion thing. The economy with Afghanistan, everything about what we've been through for the last two years has been a nightmare. And I'll tell you what won this election for the Democrats. Sure, the young people came out and vote and they got paid. I mean, they got the student loans paid back. It was a buyout. I mean, that's what happened with them. Uh But the other thing is abortion. It was all about abortion. Joe Biden didn't do abortion. Abortion just kind of fell out of the Supreme Court for whatever reason. in May or June of this year, and that was it. That's all the Democrats needed. Now, they're going to beat their chest. They're going to say, well, it's because we're so great. Joe Biden, what a leader. America hates him. Okay? And that's all I have to say. Okay. Okay. So it's not the decades-long fucking war, you've shadow war they've been fighting, both, like, overtly and covertly. Like, Come on now. It's just wild, though, too, that they're simultaneously they're like reaping what they sow is like like just rhetorically. And they're like, ah, how did they don't like that? Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> what? Also, can I? Uh, why does she have like a like she, a something, something on her ha- wrist? Yeah, she I, I look. She okay? I, she okay? I'm not going to speculate. She she might have injured herself in okay. some kind of. Uh, uh, it's yeah. just it's just interesting to see someone animatedly, you know, talking. Yeah, like yeah, it's an interesting reveal when you're giving uh, such an like, impassioned oh. rant, and then you're like, oh, you hurt yourself. 
Oh, I did that. You fall yeah. down? It okay. comes in like right as she's getting the most animated. It yeah. No, she's been screen. rocking it for the last uh, couple weeks. I think. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. like, anyway. and, and also in my in my uh, in my building where I live, they didn't put up a wet floor sign, and now <laughs> and so that came out of nowhere. And <laughs> right, abortion just fell out of the sky. What like, even is abortion? What What are they even talking about, man? But that, that is that also they, kind of how the mainstream media is treating it, that it's just yeah. like, well, this gift to the Democrats and that's why they won. And it's it's not acknowledging like that. That statistic that I, I'm going to like have a hard time getting over is like usually you vote, like people who are dissatisfied with the president vote for the other party by 40 to 30, 30 to 40 points. And this time they voted for the president they're dissatisfied with by five points. And it's because, yeah, it's abortion is wildly unpopular. The Republican Party has been working forever to pass this incredibly unpopular thing. People aren't happy with the job that Biden and the Democratic Party have been doing to fight back against it. But it's better than the party that actually passed the thing. So again, it's like they people want more progressive policy than the two major parties are willing to give them. Yeah. But and now the Supreme Court is basically just seen as an extension of the GOP to a lot of people because oh, yeah. of like how like fucking chaotic some of the past confirmation hearings have been. And then on the heels of that you see them doing decisions like, man, nah, we'll man, maybe we'll you know, here's here's the Dobbs decision. Here's us, you know, maybe doing a little something to that student loan forgiveness. We'll see if it gets to us. Like you, you can kind of see where like the rubber like hit meets the road for a lot of things too. And you know, you don't want to have a, like to say your whole brand is like, yeah, those are all our people. The ones who are into taking away all of your fucking rights. That's our brand actually. Oh wait, you, Oh, they, they're starting to connect that now. <laughs> right. What the heck happened back there? For some reason that we're still looking into, we're not sure where this abortion thing came from, but it fell out of the sky. (laughs) Amazing. Is that just to uh, just absolve themselves of like saying that their party, you know, like I'm trying to understand, like I get, I get like the very human instinct to be like, oh, I'm not going to take an L on that thing I believe in, but that's me lying to myself. Right. Is that, her lying to herself is it because there's also a version where you see this too where people are so fucking out of touch that they really like wait what that's not popular you're like are you for real yeah i think it's that i'm trying to figure out which one it is out of touch or ego preservation i think it's out of touch i think they're used to being the ones who can motivate the base with like extreme views and they're just suddenly in the find out phase of fucking around and finding out and they are not they they're not equipped with the structural kind of ideas to to like understand what has happened here and so they're just kind right. of flailing around Oof. yeah well yeah well just came out just our came, damn policies just kind of came out of nowhere on us came out of the dang blue sky you know the heck was that <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots. 
the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. And we're back. And yeah, I mean, a, a thing that we kind of brushed past, but was like Fetterman was one of his top campaign platform priorities was climate. 
Climate is, I think, a big reason in addition to the economy and economic inequality, but climate is also a big reason that especially young people are dissatisfied with the status quo and like so might be willing to vote against the Republicans who are like party of oil and drill, drill, drill in favor of a party that is not doing shit while the world ends, but at least they're not actively like they're just lying about whether they're going to do something. Yeah. I mean, Fetterman's like he's at least has some he's genuine and he's like, look, I know we're fracking out here in Pennsylvania, so I'm not (laughs) trying to say that we ain't fracking no more. But also shit's fucked. Seriously. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And so I think climate is probably a bigger and bigger part of this dissatisfaction with the status quo that there is this entrenched, you know, corporate and political class that is unwilling to change things and change how we do things enough to address climate change. And we saw that in a big way this week in the final week of COP27, the International Climate Summit, which this year is taking place in Egypt. 200 countries got together, put their heads together and have done fuck all, apparently. I mean, we're all good now. There are a bunch of speeches, (sighs) but no talk of any new announcements or pledges before the whole thing wraps on Friday. And there's like a bunch of controversies, a bunch of people being like the the menu includes like salmon flown in from the Atlantic thousands of miles away. And I think these are like these symbolic things that the mainstream media likes to like focus on that get at people's, you know, anxiety that like, well, This is a ruling class that has none of the same priorities that we have on this massive subject that is threatening the lives lives of every every human being on this planet. And people are like, yeah, so let's let's talk about how people are mad about the menu because it'll make them look out of touch. But there's also like big, gigantic structural issues with how this thing is. uh, How's conference operates like one of the major sponsors sponsors this year is coca-cola well they need to drink something jack right <laughs> what's the problem with coca-cola <laughs> well are there's they- a recent report that says the company's production of plastics is increasing people are you know pointing out that that it like they are one of the biggest polluters in the world oh okay yeah no that's good that's not bad that, yeah, i mean that's bad that's bad which yeah. is like exactly why they would want to sponsor right because it makes them look like 100 percent yeah yeah this is part of them coke claims they're working on doing better and believe in effective climate solutions and oh yeah that's why people are saying like this is all just greenwashing this is like marketing i think and that's what's really clever too because even with the way coca-cola operates right like they're like yeah man we have a commitment to slash our use of plastics here's the thing you don't know we can only do so much. It's our bottlers that ultimately make that decision. So we can say we're not we're fucking with less plastic. But until you talk to these like six companies that determine the bottles that this shit goes into, yeah, Mac can't really do shit for y'all. Yeah, and and those so companies have all said they're not doing shit. Do you think Pepsi is kind of like enjoying being second best now, like being like the attention's right. off us? Like <laughs> we we're actually good with the fact that nobody talks about Pepsi. 
Yeah, nobody's talking about that. Pepsi's still operating in Russia, you know, doing commercials with Pe- with Putin because they're like, mm-hmm. at least we're not. No, I'm joking, but I feel like that's what they could be doing right now. And nobody we don't know. Notice. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know. I mean, they make they make Mountain Dew, so they get a pass just because of their proximity to Mountain Dew. You know, like I'm I'm, I'm yeah, willing we, to turn a blind that, eye. It is Even a natural is a, dew collected from mountains and put into. Even if it is at the expense of everyone on Earth, right? Fine, so be it. But there, there's also details from this conference that are kind of what I always suspected is going on with the, that is keeping climate change from actually like being addressed with actual policies. For instance, there are a ton of oil lobbyists at the right. summit making deals in closed rooms. This was has apparently been happening for years. There's one scientist who like works on carbon emissions. And came out and said, the real deals are handled indoors, you know, in closed rooms. This is the management professor, a management professor. At the first one, he attended COP17 in South Africa. He tried to get into a session on carbon emissions in the mining industry, a topic he was researching. But guess what? They turned me away. And who walks in the room to discuss to develop global climate policy? CEOs of Rio Tinto, Shell, BP, followed by the ministers. Wow. Right. Which wow. is how the business earth. is done. So right. there, there's just this um, an immense inertia, like this giant global economy that has a built in logic and like a built in way of doing things. And none of it involves listening to professors instead of like, you know, discussing first and foremost what's good and bad for your bottom line. And this year, the lobbyists, there were 636 lobbyists from the oil and gas industry registered to attend. Last year, there was 503. So clearly they're seeing that this is a winning strategy. Well, yeah. There. And there's literally more of them than there are people representing like the humans of the countries that they're coming from, like right. the delegations. They're I'd from. imagine like, that number is closer to zero. <laughs> more people representing gas and, and earth fuckers than anybody else. I mean, it's it is wild, but it's it's just a reflection of everything that you see around us. You know, the the people that have the seat at the table are the businesses and they have they literally will sit next to the politicians and be like, OK, so how can we work this out? Huh? Right. Because, uh, you know, we're not we don't want to change too much. But like I get y'all need a win, too. So let's figure out what that can be while we can maintain our business. And like it's the same thing you see at so many decision making like ar- arenas for decision making where. You have the companies, the politicians, but what about the billions of human beings who are actually like on the brink of a human, total human rights disaster? Right. Because we're not talking about it like that. It's just like, oh, wow, what what will they come up with this time? Joe Biden gave a good speech and Al Gore said something nice. But at the end of the day, we're talking about, you know, real fucked up, horrible things coming down from more people on top of the people who are already experiencing it. And the lack of addressing that situation, the lack of funds being pushed towards the countries that are right now on the receiving end of our lax policies. So, yeah, it's 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 very, very frustrating because, you know, you think you, you look at everything that's being reported and you, you'd like to hear that there's some kind of serious discussion happening aside from like whatever piecemeal like you know, incremental thing they'll announce that'll be like, hey, it turns out we have like six more years before we're fucked. So we'll do things in like five and a half years. Right, right, right. 
and, you know, insidiously fund research that tells people what they want to hear instead of the research that is just motivated by the scientific method and, you know, democratic truths of like, you know, this is bad for the most amount of people. But yeah, it's basically people, people are now saying that this climate change conference is essentially now a fossil fuel industry trade show, which makes sense. Every, every like capitalist enterprise wants to eventually influence the most amount of money. And it, it makes sense that that that's where it would go. It's just further proof that like you can't fix this system with the system like the the current (laughs) system is broken and you can't use a broken tool to fix a broken system you know it's well but you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps right Mm -hmm. that's that is the answer it's like the same logic as like well the same bootstraps you would pull yourself up with are the tools you need to use to fix the whole fucking thing Mm. Mm. yeah well i don't know we'll see i'm for it yeah you know, <laughs> all, all these all these oil CEOs, I'm sure, have biographies that are all about how they pulled themselves up by the bootstraps. And yeah, mm-hmm. right. Oof, well, you know, we shall see. I look, they still have a few days. Maybe they'll surprise us. You know, yeah. maybe they'll surprise us. You never know. But yeah, I mean, it's things don't bode well in general because the powers that be like the status quo is here for the time being. Yeah. Mm hmm. And they served the salmon, so. Right. And they served salmon. Also, also the other thing, like the other big story about the food, in addition to it being like super luxe and like not making any sense from a climate policy perspective, was people at the event being like, this food is garbage. This tastes (laughs) terrible. I saw some people have McDonald's driven in through the desert just to, you know, just so they could eat something normal. And oh my like, god! <laughs> so it's just—it's <laughs> everything you would I expect can't. in your worst nightmares about, like, or your like most ham-fisted satire of how the world actually operates. Why can't there be like a leftovers type event at COP twenty-seven? Right, you know, just or oh. like kind of a potluck style, like everybody brings something. Oh, I'm at the TV show where those people vanished in the rapture. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I like also <laughs> make them eat leftovers. That would be more. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Now we're not wasting. Okay. Which yeah, got man. some old McDonald's fries, the mm. salmon skin from earlier. Okay. We mm. can do some with yeah. this. We can do some. Everyone should be shopping vintage and, and, you know, thrifting and they should be having a potluck. <laughs> make them eat a freegan diet where it's like exactly. all just food from a dumpster that's been mm. salvaged. Yeah. I mean, it's not often, God, that you're going to get all the bad guys in one place and you could just <laughs> rapture them away to fun town. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway, think about fun, it, God, if you exist, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paige, as always, such a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure to be here as always. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Paige Weldon. And also, if you live in Minneapolis or the surrounding areas, I will be there this weekend. Uh, hey. Friday and Saturday, the 18th and 19th at the Comedy Corner Underground doing two shows. Will you tell this? Will you do that joke? Yes. Oh, yeah. You hey, can find out the so name. Now Zyking, You'll find out you the name. You can find out too. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. You can tell. You can tell. You can tell her. Yeah. You can find her and tell her I'm talking about her. <laughs> They're gonna be really fun. This place is really cool. It's like a small kind of like punk rock indie 
uh, a comedy venue. It's under a bar in Seven Corners called the Corner Bar. Two shows. There'll be local comics on it. I think it'll be really fun. And nice. it's too cold to be outside. So come on inside, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Okay, so I have been enjoying on TikTok. I'm a big fan of this girl at Sad Girl Swag. It's G-R-L, Sad Girl Swag. And she does reaction videos that are like swag or not swag about whatever she's watching. And like, listen, there are a lot of people doing these type of reaction videos on TikTok. But damn, she just... I, I just love her. Like she'll do. Okay, let me let me play one that I enjoyed recently. So here, send send. Do you have a? Are you looking yes, at your phone? Yes, let me send her account send in the, the chat. chat so that you guys can be enjoying these videos. I just think she's funny, and somehow every time she declares something swag or not swag, I'm like, <laughs> she's right. Like I agree. Like that is swag, and that is not swag. Take a look. Uh, which which one? Which one? Which one should we play for? Let's play play this one where we're looking at the Reese's peanut butter cups in the hydraulic press. Over here. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Welcome to Swag or Not Swag. I've seen this before. We're gonna get chocolate spaghetti. I think. Yeah, swag. Of course, I love it. Skittles <laughs> spaghetti. Maybe. I like it. Swag. I hadn't seen that one. It looks a little scary. It looks like a monster right there. I don't know. This is my favorite. I've seen this gummy bear. Gummy warm swag. Okay, changed. <laughs> gummy bear. Gummy worm. Gummy bear. Okay, swag. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll do like the ones where it's like the random videos that are all over TikTok of like this person's for some reason running over a bunch of objects with their with a tire <laughs> right. or like the you know like any number of these like satisfying quote-unquote videos to watch right she'll, right she'll assess is it swag or is yeah. it not good thing good gotta know gotta know mm. i they're just pleasant to watch i like her <laughs> yeah 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 i just like how also like she's really distilled her just everything into it could be it just fits into swag or not swag and it's applicable to anything yes well and i and I love whenever you look at like I love looking at the comments on any TikTok, but like everyone's always like, "You're how are you always right? Like how do I totally agree <laughs> with everything you just said?" <laughs> I'm so confident. It's like yeah, yeah. yeah, it is swag. Unfortunately, I, I regret to inform you that it is swag. <laughs> it is swag. Yeah, and she sadly, has like yeah. if you watch enough of her videos, you go like you also start to be able to tell like her taste. She's, she's you know, right, 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 <laughs> right. She's like, "No, nah, this isn't swag for her, but for me, swag." Mm. Yeah. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Find Jack and I on our basketball podcast. Miles and Jack got NBA boosties. I said NBA boosties. Man, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's hard being at the top of the comedy basketball pod dog pile, right? Uh, that sounds like a thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and we are. Come by and check that out. Uh, and also, Sophia Alexander and I on 420 Day Fiance, where we talk 90 Day Fiance. Some tweets that I like. Really, it's from Chris Estrada, which this fool got, it's got renewed for a second season. Hooray yeah. to that. Uh, at Chris Estrada 85 tweeted, as a Mexican slash Latino, I actually don't feel represented by the Namor character in the new Black Panther movie because I can't swim. If Namor was wearing basketball shorts at the beach and only going in knee high into the ocean, <laughs> then I would have felt seen. <laughs> like, I like it. Got me there, Chris. <laughs> Shout out to Chris, my my friend. <laughs> Amazing. Tweet I've been enjoying at OX Fubar tweeted a uh, fun fact FTX appointed the Enron liquidator as the CEO replacement for SBF. 
Another fun fact, built by traders for traders was the tagline for both companies, both Enron and FTX. And then Christopher <laughs> Hooks responded, that that is true. And then Christopher Hooks responded, Elizabeth Holmes's dad was a VP at Enron. We're living in the Enron century. Wow. If you don't know the story of Enron for our younger listeners or, you know, anyone, it, it's worth going and finding Some any good documentaries. It's, yeah. it's just wild it's how swag. blatantly swag. they were making up money, paying it to themselves, and then got caught and basically got away with it. And Jack, a bunch of swag, people... Swag or not swag, though? Swag. For sure right. swag. Swag. Yeah, yeah. Enron yeah. <laughs> swag. Swag. Yeah, Enron swag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just uh, a lot of people learned right. an important lesson from that, you know? And then the yeah. rest of the country who wasn't paying attention to that learned that shit on after the 2008 financial collapse. It's just like, yeah, yeah, no, not none of this... All, none of this really matters. Yeah, yeah. Or it does matter. It's just none of none of your rules really matter. It's a, none of this is real. Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. We're at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We yeah. have a Facebook fan page and a website, DailyZeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. We link off to information that we talked about. We'll link off to pages, swag not swag recommendation, swag. Uh, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? I think I just hurt my neck yelling footnotes. <laughs> um, yeah, it happens. Uh, this is a remix of Stro Elliott. And James, uh, okay, it's a James Brown remix by Stro Elliott. And it's like a mashup of James Brown and Fela Kuti. That's why it's called Machine No Make Sex. Uh, because it's like, <laughs> based off the Fela Kuti, Water No Get Enemy. Uh, so this is Machine No Make Sex. And this is kind of a, it's a dope Afrobeat remix of uh, of James Brown. So check this one out. Amazing. All right, we'll link off to that in the footnotes. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. That's going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions. 
limitless answers. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.